Was there a pope who became a vampire? And then we take a look at an odd phenomenon. Is there really an issue of hikers miles up into the wilderness stumbling across perfectly dressed and clean people hiking next to them? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Just a few quick notes before we get started. Yesterday it was the episode, the, G- the Jimmy Eat World Death Cult Conspiracy. And I said a few times in the episode, I don't know, I can't find the actual uh, website. And two listeners did. Two listeners were able to find the website where people were talking about this conspiracy. One of them was No on Twitter. And the other one was Dave via email. So I'll update the show notes, but for right now, if you go to my Twitter, I've retweeted that tweet. And, you know, I recommend getting uh, following us on Twitter anyways, at Dead Rabbit Radio, because that's where I'm going to start posting the fan art. I have a bunch of fan art that's been sent. Never really had a place to put it. At Dead Rabbit Radio, and also on Instagram, Dead Rabbit Radio there as well. But let's go ahead and get started with the episode, and thanks, guys, for finding that link. The first story we're going to look at is a... Both stories today are actually requests. The first story we're looking at, though, was requested via Gmail by Gary. And Gary sent me an intriguing little story about Pope Innocent VIII. He was made Pope back in 1484. It was a super contentious, like, Pope thing, where they have all the people that go and, like, light the smoke, and they pick a new Pope. I know a bunch of Catholics just pulled their hair out because they skipped, like, a hundred different steps, but everyone wanted their own Pope. And Pope Innocent VIII was the compromise pope. He was the, the milk toast pope. And he came in, he's doing his pope stuff, got on his pope robes, starts doing all this stuff. Notable for a few funny things, and then one quite grim one. One, so the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire hated his brother, because his brother kept trying to overthrow him. And his brother got kidnapped, or got captured would be a better term. They didn't like break into his house and steal him. It was during a battle, they caught him. And then the pope came into possession of the sultan's brother. And the sultan said, listen, dude, I really don't like my brother. I will pay you to keep him prisoner. Please don't release him. The pope's like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. I got it, because, you know, he's Italian. He's a, he's, a, he's a guido. Straight up, I want you to imagine Pope Innocent VIII as the situation from Jersey Shore. That's how you got to picture him now. <laughs> now the Catholics have actually turned off the episode. But he's wearing his big pope hat, and then no shirt. He's just this muscular pope walking around. He's like, yo, I got you. I got you, Sultan. And to make it more, that's just funny. I think it would be funny if your brother got kidnapped or captured, and you're like, keep him. I will pay a ransom that you don't let him go. This was the ransom, though. Totally shocking. 120,000 crowns. You only have one head. What are you going to do with all those crowns? An annual fee, I I know it's currency, I know it's currency, an annual fee of 45,000 ducats. And on top of that, the sultan's like, oh, here's a bunch of crowns. There's a bunch of these gold coins showering him on the situation. He's dancing. Here's a bunch of ducats. And oh, by the way, here you can have this back too. And he gives them the lance that pierced Jesus's side. The sultan's like, oh yeah, remember that thing that killed your god? Yeah, I have it. Do you want that? I'll give it to you. Just keep my brother prisoner. And the pope's like, yeah, totally. I'll take that. Plus all this money. He's also has an interesting connection to topics of the show this pope because he was the dude 
who this there is this German witch hunter who was like, I gotta be able to kill all these witches. And the priests in Germany were like, that's stupid. Like, no, we're not going to give you authority to walk around burning witches and stuff like that. So he wrote to the Pope, and the Pope wrote a bull, which is like a papal decree, saying, yeah, dude, we should totally kill all these witches. Like, that that's a great idea, and do what this guy says. And it's interesting, because even though the Pope was saying it, the German administration, or the German popes, not popes, the German bishops were still like, we're still not comfortable with that. And that German hunter was the guy who ended up writing the Malleus Maleficarum, which means witch's hammer, or hammer of the witches. And it's a book on how to identify a witch, and then how to kill a witch. It's really dope. I've actually never read it. I've always wanted to. I have a copy of it, an electronic copy of it somewhere. But it's basically a witch hunter's guidebook. It goes over stuff like how witches recruit. They find, uh, they make stuff go wrong in a woman's life, and then the woman will come to them for help. But let's get to the meat of the matter. The bloody, bloody meat of the matter. The situation, you may say, is that Pope Innocent VIII is most famously known for being the person who got the first blood transfusion. Now, it's 1492 at this point, and he gets a fever. A fever in 1492 would be the equivalent of cancer today. I mean, you did not want to get sick in any way, shape, or form back then. He gets a fever, and he's like, I'm just not feeling good, doc. I'm not feeling good. Now, his doctor was this Jewish dude, and the Jewish guy goes, I have the perfect solution to this. I have the perfect solution to this, your majesty, or whatever you call a pope. Your holiness, that's what they call him. Anyways, I now have no Catholic listeners at all. But the Jewish dude runs away, and the the, the Pope's just in there just sweating buckets. He's like, I hope he has a good plan. I'm so hot. A Jewish dude comes back with three 10-year-old boys, and the Pope's like, uh, this doesn't look good. Like, this is not a good scene I want to be, and the Pope's like looking for a way to leave. He's too sick to leave, though. And the, the Jewish dude, the Jewish doctor says, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. Now, this is where the story, there, there's, the reason why I keep saying that he's Jewish isn't that, because it's relevant to the story. I'm not just like, that's a Jew. It's relevant to the story, where we're going with this. He brings in the three young boys. Pope's sweating even more now. He's like, uh, hope there's not a journalist nearby. And the Jewish doctor says, this is what we're going to do. And the story diverges a bit here. They're either going to take a little bit of the blood out of the boys and the Pope's going to drink it. Or they're going to take a little bit of blood out of the boys and the Pope's going to bathe in it. Or they're going to kill the boys and the Pope's going to drink the blood or bathe in the blood. So there's basically four variations of it. All of them involve 10-year-old boys and blood. Gary mentioned that a lamb was used in this procedure as well. I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that. So I'm thinking there's even more variations out there that a lamb was also bled for this. And there's questions of whether or not the kids were paid money or were kidnapped. But the point of the matter, the point of the matter is, however they got there, we have in a room a Pope, three 10-year-old boys, and a Jewish doctor, and the Pope begins taking in the blood of the kids. The idea is, is that their young, healthy blood will nourish the Pope, and he'll get back on top. His fever will go away, and he'll be fine. And the boys will go off and be fine as well. Let's assume the most traditional version is he drank the blood of the boys. And the boys volunteered, and they were supposed to survive this procedure. But what we know for a fact is the Pope didn't survive at all. The Pope ended up dying, and that's really the only factual thing we know about it. There is disputes. People are saying that the story itself is an anti-Semitic rumor. That the Jewish doctor, he really did have a Jewish doctor, apparently. But 
after he died, people started this rumor that the Jewish doctor came up with this crazy ritual to keep him alive by drinking or bathing in the blood of these little boys. And it was something that went around Europe to, again, show how evil Jewish people were. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that was the general consensus of Europe at the time. Because there was a lot of rumors about uh, Jewish people kidnapping Christian babies and using their blood for the Passover bread. But oddly enough, I heard a version of this where the three kids were Jewish. So he's bringing Jewish kids and then the Pope's drinking Jewish blood. I don't know. But anyways, the point of the matter is, is that for hundreds of years, the story went around that this Pope was the recipient of the first blood transfusion or more likely in their terminology, the Pope was a vampire. The Pope was drinking human blood to try to live longer, and he died, and the kids died, and the Jewish guy was behind all of it, and it was this horrible thing. Today, researchers don't know whether or not the Pope actually did any of this. It's possible that it really happened, and they just... People were like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to bash them Jews, and then they just started rolling with it. Nobody knows for sure. But this story has a really, really interesting footnote. So Pope Innocent VIII died in July of 1492. You understand? I mean, that's when Christopher Columbus discovered America, right? I think everybody, probably every American, maybe not everybody, I don't think people in Paraguay are like, oh, yeah, 1492. 1492 was the year that Columbus discovered America, right? Right? I'm trying to think of that Amy Grant song where they mentioned that. But I'm trying to think, in the year of 1492, when Columbus sailed the oceans blue, had he landed on India's shore, you never would have come to walk on my door. I, I think for... Well, anyways, the point is that 1492... That's from the song Galileo. In 1492... In 1492 is when... Now I gotta look it up. Hold on. Okay, so yeah, he discovered it in 1492. So... The Pope dies in July of 1492. Let me get to the point here. The Pope dies in uh, July of 1492, and on his tombstone, there's this inscription. It says, During his pontificate, the glory of the discovery of a new world. So he was remembered for that. He was the Pope who was around when Columbus discovered America. But, this is what's weird, he died Seven days before Columbus even set sail from Spain. It was Spain, right? <laughs> this isn't a history podcast. The point is, is that he died seven days before Columbus ever even set sail. He would have died before there was even a hint that Columbus had discovered a new landmass. And so what researchers are looking at this, because the inscription wasn't made way later after Columbus had come back and all that stuff. The inscription was made when he died. Researchers have looked at it and thought, we may have gotten the date of Christopher Columbus's journey wrong. We believe that this inscription was done when he passed away, but history may be wrong as far as when Christopher Columbus actually discovered America. This little 11-word epitaph could actually rewrite history. Or Pope Innocent VIII, vampire. He's like a time-traveling... I guess you'd have to be a time-traveling vampire, too. But what if it worked? Yeah, never mind. He died. He died. The kids died. Whatever. But yeah, that's one more mystery. The Pope leaves us with one more mystery. All we have, truly, is a dead Pope, a gravesite, a rumor of drinking young boys' blood, and a mystery that still endures today. Pope Innocent VIII, vampire, time-traveler... Or just a guy who liked to drink blood. 
Okay, let's. I guess he didn't like the Dream Blade. He kind of had to. And it's all made up problems. Probably all made up anyways. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story here. Our next story is actually also a request. And I want to preface it by saying this. I don't want to seem like I'm beating a dead horse. And you'll know what I mean in a bit. But I feel like I, I might be beating a dead horse. But let's go ahead and get started with this, though. This is a request via Gmail from Jimmy. Thanks for, for the request. Jimmy sent me this request asking to talk about hikers. Uh, let me go ahead and get into it. You're walking through the woods. Uh, uh, uh. You're apparently 80 years old and you make noises when you're walking. You're walking through the woods. You've been hiking for hours and you're all dirty. There's flies flying around you. You're not pig pen, okay? You're not filthy, but you're walking through the forest. You got your walking stick and you got your little socks that you can't see. Like the no-show socks are totally lame. I hate those. But you're wearing, you're wearing those. I'm not. I'm wearing normal socks. I'm next to you dressed super cool. And you're just walking there, you're like, oh, Jason, why couldn't I have your clothes? Oh, by the way, Dead Rabbit Radio merchandise, check it out, show notes below. Buy, buy some merchandise, you can take that on the next hike. We're walking through, we're hiking through the woods, and I'm joshing you about your clothes. Am I pushing you down in the mud? You're like, I'm going to stop listening to your podcast. I help you back up, clean you off. But we're now I'm getting dirty, too, because we've been walking for a while, and I feel bad that I was pushing you down. We're walking through the woods. And while you're quietly plotting your revenge against me, while you're quietly waiting us for, for us to reach the cliffside so you can push me off and make it look like an accident, we see a man at the end of the trail. And you're like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh, my grinder requests. <laughs> no, no, no. So we see a man at the edge of the trail and we're both like, what? That's bizarre. We both look at each other. Now we're filthy. We're like dirty and like we're all muddy. I don't go hiking. I don't know how much filth people get on them when they actually hike. I imagine you come out looking like Swamp Thing. I mean, I've walked trails, but I've never actually gone like multiple day hiking. I imagine you're just like super like gross when you come out, right? But anyways, we see this dude at the end of the trail and um, we're all dirty, but he's not. He's actually very well dressed, like nice clean shorts and shoes. Shoes don't look dirty at all. Totally. You know what a clean person looks like. We don't have to explain a clean person. We're in the middle of nowhere. Okay? It's me and you. We're in the middle of nowhere. This super clean dude pops out of the bushes, is just standing at the end of the trail. Now, we want to be polite. So we walk by and we go, Hey, how you doing? And you're like, help me. He just pushed me into the bushes. He's going to hurt me if you don't. But we just keep walking by because he doesn't respond to us at all. And we turn around and he's still just kind of walking there, walking down the trail. Totally clean. Weird look on his face. We continue on our journey until you do find that cliff and you push me off. And I plummet to my death in this version of the story. But now we're back in reality where we're sitting around talking about this story. This is weird. Okay, this has totally gone off the rails. The point of the story is this. This is what Jimmy sent to me. Thanks, Jimmy. Was that there? there's this crop of sightings of people, very well-dressed people in the middle of nowhere. And not just like they're fashionably dressed in their hiking clothes. They look like they haven't been hiking at all. This all started, as far as I can tell, this all started on a Reddit thread. This dude posted this thing saying, Hey guys, I was on this... this uh, Missing 411 video. Missing 411 is the conspiracy theory that people go out in the woods and they just mysteriously vanish. It was popularized by David Pallades. And he seems to think it's Bigfoot. A lot of other people have taken with it and run and said it's interdimensional portals or aliens, stuff like that. But anyways, it's just Missing 411 is a collection of stories of people missing in national parks. And the National Park Forest Service Industrial Complex is trying to 
have this conspiracy of silence. So if you go missing in the park, nobody ever finds out. That's that's missing 401 in a nutshell. This Reddit poster says, I was on a missing 411 video and I saw these comments. And he has these comments copied and pasted. There's a person named Pete Johnson who was a 50-year-old hiker and had noticed that he'd been hiking for a long, long time, not in one particular hike, like throughout the years. He was an avid hiker is what I'm looking for. He had run into clean-looking people in the middle of nowhere. He goes, trails that I would have a hard time getting to, and I'd be all dirty. I'd turn a corner, and there'd be someone very well-dressed in front of me. They didn't seem lost. They didn't seem tired, which I thought was weird, too, because I was super, like, you know, like, super exhausted. And he said he said they all looked to be over 40 years old. He found another comment on the video agreeing with Pete, saying he had seen the same thing. And then he found one more comment from a guy named Anders D., who said that he was a quote-unquote wild crafter, whatever that... There's a stupid name for every hobby out there. Sorry, if you enjoy wild crafting. What a... That sounds like a card from Magic the Gathering. Uh, Anyways, anyways, this guy says he's a wild crafter. It just means he, like, collects herbs and roots. But he likes to get herbs and roots, like, on the side of cliffs and stuff like that. It sounds like more he's trying to find a reason to not go home to his wife. So he made up a hobby and says, oh yeah, but it's super hard. It's dangerous too if I ever fake my death. I mean, if I ever actually die, it's because I was wild crafting. But anyways, he grabs roots and berries and stuff. He's basically, his hobby is being a bear. So this guy climbs up mountains and eats, doesn't eat them. He gets roots and berries and stuff. I don't know what he does with them, actually. He gets roots and berries. He says that he looks for ginseng and rare medicinal plants. Whatever, go to GNC. And he um, will climb up a mountain. He'll be all sweaty. He'll climb up the mountain. He'll turn and there'll be a middle-aged, well-dressed dude just sitting there. No equipment, no hiking equipment or anything. Calm, blank face, not sweaty at all. And Anders is just like, he's like a bear. He basically, his hobby is a bear. So he, when danger, he reacts as a bear. Now, he didn't actually crowd the guy. But the point being is that this guy on Reddit says, I found these comments on a video. He posts that comment, or he posts these three comments on The Truth Is Here. It's a Reddit board. And people immediately are intrigued by it. I was intrigued by it. I go, whoa, that's really fascinating. Of course, my skeptic mind is starting to rev up while I'm reading this stuff. But I'm still kind of reading through the comments and people are like, whoa, dude, that's awesome. Like, this is so creepy. Like, you're in the middle. Because anything out of the ordinary is creepy. If you're walking through a toy store and you go through an aisle of dolls, you're like, that's not creepy because the to- dolls are supposed to be there. But if you are walking home and in the middle of the sidewalk is a doll, you're that's a little more creepy because you, you think, well, maybe a kid dropped the doll or something like that. But if you go home, you don't have kids, and you turn on your light and you walk in your bedroom and there's a doll on your bed, that's creepy. And it's the exact same item each time. A well-dressed person walking down the street is not spooky. A well-dressed person walking through farmland is a little more weird. Like if you're in like doing your your farm stuff, you got your sickle and you're like cutting down wheat. I've never been on a farm. And you're doing that and then a well-dressed man pops up. It's like, whoa, you almost hit me. That would be weird. It would be extremely weird. But if you're up in the middle of nowhere climbing, climbing mountains, pretending to be a bear like Anders here... And he ran into a well-dressed guy. Oh, and by the way, the doll's right behind you. Don't look, but it's right behind you. But enjoy the rest of this podcast as the doll's walking up behind you. Where is it going with this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, the Reddit post starts. People are like, whoa, dude, that's totally trippy, man. 
And then some, well, it was really weird because the original poster was like, yeah, that is quite, it's quite illuminating the human condition. He was kind of commenting on what people were saying. And other people start commenting and they're like, I was hiking. I looked up in the tree and there was a man wearing wool slacks sitting in the tree. And I ran away. People are like, oh, that's creepy. That, that could have just been a backpacker or something like that. Someone who got lost. And then other, because you know, the wool slacks, I'm imagining they look like a hobo. And then other people, though, were like, yeah, that's weird. I once was also hiking, and I ran into, like, a well-dressed person in the middle of nowhere. And then they said, but they were probably just hiking, and it was a nice outfit. Everyone else was kind of, they were intrigued by the idea, but even the ones who had seen stuff like it, they thought, it's weird, but they weren't assigning any sort of sinisterness to it. Just, it was a weird experience. So it seemed, the, the thread was going pretty normally at this point. You have a guy making an outrageous statement. A lot of people were buying into it, and then a few people were sharing their own experiences with it as well. And then this young woman jumps in, and she says, Oh yeah, it was really weird. Once me and my boyfriend were hiking, and I saw this Persian man walking the opposite side of the trail. He was wearing a suit, and he was smoking a cigar. This is where this is where the thread really goes off the rails. And this is where I said I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse with the recent stories I've done. I feel like maybe I've become a little too skeptical but it really, it's just me simply scrolling down the page and reading every entry. She said, I was hiking with my boyfriend. I saw a Persian guy in a suit with a cigar who walked past us. He didn't say anything. And the original poster goes, that sounds made up. And everyone else goes, that's what this thread's about. Like, you're talking about people in the middle of nowhere, and this woman saying she found something similar to it, and you're saying that... You said it's made up? Like, where's this coming from? At that point, the dude totally flips out on the Reddit page. The stuff will be available. And then he starts accusing people of not finding... I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. He start. People start to say, if I was walking, if I was hiking in the middle of nowhere, and I saw a well-dressed person in the middle of nowhere, I would say hi to them. And he just flips out. He flips out at the idea that you should be able to talk to a well-dressed person in the middle of nowhere. And so he says this. This is one of his quotes, one of his great quotes. You see people as their appearances. Simply because the people are well-dressed and clean, you think this means they're safe to talk to? You're superficial. This is precisely why they are not safe to speak to. The person who is safe to speak to in this is someone as tired and dirty as you are. People are like, what in the world? The the post literally was like, why didn't why didn't anyone ever try saying hi to these people? Like having a conversation with them. And he flips out. Because if you're dirty, you can only talk to other dirty people. And then this this started a whole thing. And it ended with him with this this is probably one of my favorite quotes over the course of this show. This lunatic on Reddit trying to defend himself that if you are dirty, you shouldn't talk to clean people. If you are clean, you can talk to clean people. If you're dirty, you can talk to dirty people. But if you're dirty and you see a clean person, that means they're sinister. This is my favorite quote. This one guy, this is in reply to a comment basically saying, if I w- if I ran into a guy well-dressed in the middle of the woods, I would say, hello, I would talk to him. This is, this is this guy's response. You do you, man. If you want to behave that way in situations, go ahead. But I will be the first to inform you that you're not privy to how existence works. You have a very sheltered life. Where you believe you're on top of the food chain? You're not. You're just in the middle of the cattle herd, blocked by other cattle from the wolves. You go out in nature and act like everything else. 
is a cow, you're going to get ripped apart. And, <laughs> and your mind the whole time will be going, OMG, this is so unfair. OMG, why are my intestines being ripped? Oh, is that OMG? Why are my intestines being ripped out? I thought I was important. Why is this person abducting me? Doesn't he know how important and smart I am? This dude obviously has some issues. First off, nobody nobody cries out OMG, my intestines are getting ripped out. But I love it. I love that, that that's this guy's escalation. Someone goes, "Why don't you talk to the guy in the business suit?" And he goes, <laughs> You know what? You listen to me. I know the rules of the road, kid. You talk to those clean people, you'll be like, my intestines are getting ripped out. Anyways, anyways, anyways. He ends up deleting his account. So this guy is a ghost. He, not literally, that would be cool, but he doesn't exist on Reddit anymore. He's probably changed his name to Wildcrafter. Oh, and that was another thing. So me, being me, I looked for those YouTube accounts of the Anders guy and the Pete Johnson... And there's a couple other names in his original post. They don't exist on YouTube. So those they couldn't comment on a YouTube video. I checked for them as Reddit users. They don't exist on Reddit. He never said the name of the missing 401 video. So we can never verify if, where he actually got these comments. I couldn't verify that the people existed at all. So it's a hoax, right? Well, a lot of the stories I've been doing recently, I've been able to pretty aggressively debunk. And I was hoping to find one that I couldn't. Which is, which is a tall order. I get that. And this one kind of straddles in between the two because obviously this this maniac's rantings are easily debunked. There's no proof these people existed. And when this one girl told a story similar to his, he totally lost it and then went off on this whole thing about how clean people are evil. But what makes it a little bit harder... His, his nonsense is debunked, but what I find interesting is there are other people in the thread saying they had similar experiences. I'm skeptical about a lot of things. One of the things I do, it's probably one of the more nonsensical things I believe in, is I do believe in stuff like dimensional portals and time portals and people out of place and time, people disappearing in one location, reappearing in another. I believe a lot of those accounts actually can be chalked up to rational answers, but I I just have a belief that those things exist. I think it is possible that these people are here from somewhere else. I, again, it sounds completely ridiculous. Most likely, the other people who are... Com- not this crazy guy, but the other people who are commenting on the thread saw something that was unusual. They remarked on it because it was so unusual, but it had a rational answer. A guy in a business suit was just walking through the woods. It's possible that these people came from alternate dimensions or <laughs> time travel, and they were lost, and that's why they look so weird. That's why they weren't talking to anybody. But there was one more comment on this Reddit thread I wanted to talk about in the episode like this. There was one comment that went pretty much unnoticed throughout the whole crazy discussion. I even didn't notice it the first time I read the thread. It wasn't until I went back and was taking notes that I I realized the significance of it. There's one answer to what this is that provides both a rational explanation and a sinister one. This person on the Reddit thread said... What if these people are, the reason why they're out in the middle of nowhere, and they don't look like they've hiked there, they just seem to appear, and they just seem to appear there, and they don't want to talk to you. They seem to have an air about them that they don't want to talk to you. What if they just emerged from some sort of secret underground facility? That actually is 
a perfect answer. It's not the most likely, because then we have to believe in these underground facilities, but I do. I don't know about the sprawling, alien-infested... Actually, I know that's not true, but there's that whole alien-infested subway system underneath Dulce Dulce Air Force Base. And there's a bunch of like bunch of aliens are shooting humans down there, stuff like that. I don't believe that story at all. But I do believe that there are massive underground facilities all over. And I believe also there would be privately owned underground facilities as well. If you wanted to do any sort of experimentation or work with any sort of technology that you didn't want prying eyes to see, there's no better place to do it than underground. That actually would explain why someone, why you're hiking for hours and you turn a corner and there's a guy standing there in a suit or very, very well dressed and not dirty and just seems to be looking off into the distance, not wanting to interact with you in any sort of way. They just came out for a breath of fresh air because the mutants that they're creating, you know, 10 feet away in the hidden door underneath the underbrush are <laughs> are clawing up their comrades. They're like, I need to smoke break. Well, the mutilations go on, and then the Marines will go in and take care of them. It's an interesting answer for a question that I never knew existed until Jimmy sent me the email. Nature terrifies me. I don't like nature. I don't like the wilderness at all. I think it's super spooky. And when you start to have little pieces of civilization pop up in the middle of them, it actually makes it creepier. A shack in the middle of the woods is far creepier than just the woods. So I understand why a well-dressed, civilized, clean person in the middle of nowhere is unsettling. And I think there's I think it's unsettling to everybody. It just seems so out of place. So the next time you are hiking up that long, dusty trail, birds chirping nearby. Deer eating some leaves or something, whatever deers eat. You're walking through the woods all by yourself, enjoying God's splendor, or just nature if you're an atheist. Be careful of the next corner you turn. There may be a man standing there who's well-dressed, looking off into the distance. You may be daring enough to say hi and start a conversation with him. But after you get a few words out, you realize that civilized is the last thing this man is. And as you're being dragged into that deep underground base, hidden from all eyes, all you can think of is, Oh my god, why are my intestines being ripped out? I thought I was important. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.